Good evening and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. We're joined this evening by three of our children. We're not, they're not joining. They're part of the studio audience. Well, they might talk. No. <laughs> I mean, you never that's know. When, like no, one no, of them, when another part, fourth child is banging. That's when podcasts jump the shark. His or her way down the stairs. There's the, there's the fourth child, the fourth daughter. The podcast jump the shark when the darling. Oh, we're going to have our kids on this time. No, don't you know. <laughs> It's we're Mother's just recording. It's Mother's Day, and we're recording because we don't want to do it in the morning. So, well, we're gonna see if we want to. Pretty much, we don't want to record in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have a lot of stuff to do. I don't even know what we have to do, but we are gonna talk about some stuff tonight, today, this morning, whatever time it is. <laughs> so. What? What was it? <laughs> Well, I mean, you you wrote about it this morning, and we posted about it last night before bed, and it's been going, it's it's actually been going on a long time, hasn't it? The show to house. Yeah, because we, the person about whom we spoke a few years ago, who wrote the article, Why Can't We Just All Get Along? Hannah King. That person went to Duke, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, uh. I'm not sure. Hannah like, King. I'm not 100% sure. Who, but, I'm not yeah. sure where she's serving right now, but she's a ordained person in the ACMA. And she wrote an article. What is it? Why can't we all get along? Or was it, let's, let's be friends? Basically, it was, it's time to get over your hurt. Yeah. So, yeah. It the was kind whole... of like an okay boomer. Okay boomer. <laughs> yeah. So, the whole, the entire founding of the ACNA. And, and the reason why we left the Episcopal Church and other people left the church was basically summed up as boomer rage. Okay, like, like, like <laughs> you know, you guys were upset because you got your buildings taken away and you've had your, and so, so, you know, once you're, once you're over with your emotions, then we'll get back then we can to get back to being, doing ministry with the Episcopal Church. Right? We'll right, all become Episcopal Yeah, she said again. we can do Episcopal ministry with the Episcopal Church. And, and look, okay, we disagree about the whole sexuality thing, but... That shouldn't make us. That shouldn't keep us from doing mutual ministry, right? Of course not. Uh, which was the entire purpose we left the Episcopal Church, because when you do mutual ministry with a, a person who is leading people to hell, it confuses. It confuses people. It confuses right? people. If you say, <laughs> "Well, you think that what Jesus says about sin is." anathema and what i think jesus says about sin is true yeah but we're gonna do the soup kitchen together (laughs) and when people come but it's not just like sin okay it is it is i guess all sin is bad and all sin is you know if if any one personal sin without jesus will send you to hell yes of course but sexual sin in particular obscures the gospel and we said this before Times. and it um and it it it's specifically said that but paul says it says in first Corinthians six verse nine that homosexual sin if you don't repent will not allow you into the kingdom of heaven so meanwhile <laughs> at duke and the shoda house where acna acna seminarians are going there apparently is this growing effervescent mood of friendship and 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 not just look 
of course, of course, you can be friends with people who are wrong about things, you know, who are false, you, how, who are, who are bad. Well, you can be friends with people who are confused. Of course. And you can be friends with people who are bad. But when someone says, I'm a Christian, and here's my... Or, if you, if somebody says, I'm a, I'm a teacher of Christians, <laughs> I'm a Christian teacher. Yeah. I'm going to wear a collar. Like, I would even, like, you're, if you say you're a Christian and you're in the pew and you're wrong about a lot of stuff, I feel like there's a place in the Bible where it says if you're a teacher and you decide to teach something that is contrary to the Word of God, things go badly for you. Yes. So that's specifically what's happening. These seminaries... These two seminaries, the people in charge of them, the deans, are on purpose making situations where ACNA seminarians and tech seminarians have a chance to work through their differences. Like, you know, I guess because we're like the Palestinians and the Jews who, right. you know, we have to all go to the same children's camp so that we can learn how to love each other. Right. Because the issue is really bigotry. And if right, or bigotry, prejudice, or right. like just generational trauma. <laughs> and not a theological issue or a sub substantive, objective, theological doctrine that there's no bridging over. That's So that's the part that I loved was we're responding, if you want to, we're responding to a Living Church article that was really celebrating this building of bridges between ACNA people and TEC people, Episcopal Church people, seminarians, but not Episcopal seminarians who are Orthodox, but Episcopal Church seminarians who are pro-LGBTQ in every single way you could possibly be pro-LGBTQ. So in this article, saying how wonderful it was that that now you know bridges are being built and old animosities are being put put aside and uh, the new generation is learning to live with difference and walk together, essentially. Well, um, in good disagreement. In good disagreement, yeah. It was it all of everything that the Kigali commitment was repudiating. This article says that the Shoda House. Which used to be an Orthodox seminary, and Duke are celebrating. So I just want—I didn't—I just want to tell you about the article because you said, right? So, I want to make sure we got the article. Right. The article's in Living Church. We'll put we'll put a link in so you can read it. So you wanted to go through the article? I, yeah, we can. I mean, the first—I mean, it's not. I mean, the it's not the article itself. It is is so. Yeah, I thought the article. So I I I. I actually felt like it was pretty neutral. They were reporting on what people were saying. And I'm, it well, did seem like they thought it was slick. good, yeah, yeah. but I'm really grateful that they went and interviewed all these students. Right. And and recent graduates. That's so great. But it's they the did that because they got people on the record huh. saying stuff that really should make them be disciplined by their bishops. The ACNA people they interviewed should all be under immediate discipline. Yeah. And I want to I, I want to who the bishops are who are sending the, the seminarians to the Shoda House still and to and to Duke, Duke because they, or maybe maybe they don't just don't know 
and if they don't know, now they do. Because, right, now because they, they do. All, everyone listens to us, of course. Right. Um, <laughs> they know because this is now in Living Church, which well, is pretty well. You don't have yeah. to read. You don't have to listen to our podcast. You can either do that or read the Living Church, and then you can read what this what these recent graduates, clergy, and seminarians are saying, and then you can go to them and say, "What I I love you." You need to repent of what you just said, or you cannot be in the process anymore, or I'm going to have to ask you to leave the church and go be Episcopal. There's a church for you, and it's called the Episcopal, the Episcopal Church. church. <laughs> That's a place that you're being called to by someone. I wouldn't say God. So go go to that church and be in that church, because this isn't just a... a a bridge <laughs> uh, unless you want to conquer the bridge uh, it is interesting you know that that is the image that justin welby used in his article and in the virginia diocesan paper before he was elevated to archbishop he used the image of a bridge between the two sides and us joining hands across the bridge and then walking across the bridge together and, and even though we might not agree with each other, we can still walk together. He used that language. And um, yeah, here we are. Here we are again. Here we are again. So, so should I read the first paragraph? Yeah, I think uh, because there's, I mean, it, it? it's kind of long. And the part that's really disturbing, I don't think we should read all of it. We should read the first part and then. Okay, so this or is Or you by, should read the parts that I quote, quoted. Yeah, so Anne also wrote an ex excellent article exposing this so, um, and talking about it. Theologically, so you should read that article. Um, we'll link that too. So this is by Kirk Peterson of the Living Church. Two seminaries have been making conscious efforts to recruit future priests affiliated with both the Anglican Church of North America and the Episcopal Church. I'd just like to ask why they're doing that. Why are they making conscious yeah. efforts to do that? Pick a side. Why would you do that? Um, like, do you need the money? Well, yeah. Why so, are you do? Why can't you just say we're tech or we're ACNA? There shouldn't be a circumstance under which these two opposing views are in a theological situation next to each other. The the Shota House. This isn't the first time they've had issues. Although they used to be like straight down the line Orthodox, really more Anglo Catholic. Not more. They were Anglo Catholic. The place where you would go if you were not Reformed, not evangelical but you were all but you were orthodox you go to the neshota house i mean and i for a long time they didn't accept women yeah but they, they said, yeah. like or you could go but you couldn't get an mdiv right right so it's that's like, not that, that's, that's, that's changed right been gone for a while the the real downfall i think took place under bishop the late bishop salmon's deanship when he was dean of the seminary and the crowning moment i think was when he invited Catherine jeffrey shorey to the chapel to give a sermon as if she were a legitimate leader of a, an actual Christian organization. If you don't know, she was the former uh, presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, and she's the one who really led led the charge into apostasy. So, uh, so he invited her to talk at this at, the, at, the, at this formerly Orthodox seminary, and it's really gone downhill since then. And this this first line of this article is pretty 
damning in itself. They have conscious efforts to recruit, recruit future priests affiliated with both the ACNA and Episcopal Church. I mean, are somebody paying for them to go for ACNA? Like, who's paying the bill for ACNA clergy to go to Minnesota? Probably their own diocese and churches. And that's astonishing. Um, after, after arriving on campus, seminarians of different convictions find mutual suspicions weakening while they study, worship, and dine together every day. Okay, so, like, it's not your personal conviction that matters. Like, let us jettison your personal conviction. It's not about your personal convictions. Yeah. If you have personal convictions that set you at odds with your church, you need to get out of your church. Right. Because you're not there for your personal gain, for your personal theology. You are there as a servant of Christ and obedient to the church. So if you have personal convictions that set you at odds with the church in which you find yourself, then you need to get out of that church. That's on you. Yeah. This isn't like a time for you. This isn't your special time. You're a servant of Christ. So don't go don't go into a church which at which with which you're at odds. And then second of all, why are they on purpose well there shouldn't be it's not about suspicion like of course people who go to the episcopal church are human beings made in the image of god to whom you owe honor and love in the name of christ but if they are heretics the way that love looks is very clear like again your personal convictions don't factor into it you're not allowed to eat with them you can't eat with them, so you can't go to yeah, the dining that's from room. Second John, if someone comes to you bringing a gospel, or a gospel, or I'm sorry, if someone is running ahead and doesn't bring the teaching of Christ, then you don't even greet them. You don't. Um, you don't go to the dining room. Yeah, well, that's, that's from First Corinthians together. chapter five, that part. But Second John says, you know, you don't greet them because if you even give them a greeting, you're participating in their wicked work. So that's what's happening here. Um, I, what I thought found interesting about this, this phrase, after arising, arriving on campus, seminarians of different convictions find mutual suspicions weakening while they study, worship, da 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 together. That's like the kind of thing you might write if, like, if you're talking about the interactions between two, uh, like, maybe somebody from you know, Norway and somebody from, you know, Nigeria, right? Who, who they've, you've never, they've never met anyone from, the Nigerians ever met any white person from a European country, much less a Scandinavian country. Scandinavian person's ever met anyone in Nigeria uh, who has black skin. So there's going to be suspicions and mutual like discomfort. But nobody's wrong, right? Like, like, the, yeah. like the Nigerian's not wrong for being Nigerian. The Norwegian's not wrong for being a Norwegian. They're they're just different types of people with different cultures, and and the suspicion is due to the cultural differences, right? That's how this is written. So so TEC just had you know they're not wrong. And the AC is not wrong. What needs to happen is both sides need to come together and eat meals together and relate and dialogue. And so their suspicions or bigotry will be relieved. Which, again, like, because the most important thing is relationship. Why are you sending bigots to seminary? Like, <laughs> if you're sending racists and homophobes to seminary, yeah. you're, you're, you have a problem. Like, right. That's another assumption in the article, your, right? It's, it's, right. It's, because they're trying to make this an issue of personal conviction and right. bigotry. It's actually not. You're supposed to love 
your neighbor as yourself. So if you if you know someone who's in uh, who's attracted to people of the same sex, and you hate them, you shouldn't, you are, go, to seminary. You shouldn't go to seminary. <laughs> but what does your love look like? Like you're called to a certain kind of love in the scripture. So you better do that. You better obey the scripture. If you're going to make it up and make your personal understanding of love, your subjective post-post-post-modern uh, understanding of love, the baseline of your you know, relationship with that person, you also shouldn't go to seminary. Yeah. That's why we should never accept like the, the, the notion of homophobia. We're not afraid of people who are, have no fear or no emotional hang-up about, I don't care. Like, okay, because I know there were a lot of people, not a lot, there were a couple people in the Episcopal Church who really didn't like gay people. Yeah. And those people weren't sent to seminary. If you left the Episcopal Church because you didn't like the gays, (laughs) that was wicked. Like, yeah. But, but, that's, and if that, that's, of course, that's not what they're talking about in the living church. But let's call bigotry what it is. If you don't like certain groups of people, don't go to seminary. <laughs> but if you think that this particular issue is about personal prejudice or bigotry, also don't go to seminary. <laughs> right. So the, so when um, when a person decides after meeting a, a gay person and finds out that the gay person is nice, right? Oh, I I just realized. You know, all my life I thought that homosexuality, homosexual behavior was wrong, but then I met this gay person, and this gay person seemed to be really a nice person, and so I've changed my mind. What does that say? That's a, that's a, that my says, child. or my child. Well, yeah. what that says you think what you thought you thought our objection was that they're they're not nice people, <laughs> but they're just somehow mean or something, or that they're they're the embodiment of of, of unpleasantness and horror. No. No, they're, they're normal they're people. Makes you, yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're people like you and me. They're just doing something that's very wrong. Like, and and it's not that they're. And of course, we all do some things that are very wrong. But, but they're saying that it's right. That's that's the issue. It's not that we're afraid of them. It's not that they can't be really nice people. Remember that this is goes back to the two thousand and six convention with the buttons. Ask me about Gene. Gene Robinson. They had the people who were in favor of Gene Robinson being confirmed as bishop in 2003 and 2006 were these buttons saying, ask me about Gene. Like, come meet Gene. So as, as soon as you met Gene Robinson, the idea was, you're going to see he's such a nice person. He wasn't, actually. He was such a nice person. He's such a, a generous, kind soul that all of your prejudices about homosexuality will will fall away. No, and it, yep. it, nobody had any prejudice. I mean, yeah, there, no, there no like... Episcopalians, <laughs> Christian Orthodox Episcopalians at the time, were not homophobic bigots. <laughs> they actually really right. did want to love Gene Robinson in the way that Christ calls us to yeah. love. And that's to tell him, you can't marry your partner right. or be with him because Jesus commands you not to. And you can't be a minister of the gospel and bless sin. I mean, I honestly, I mean, so that's yeah. like the Bible doesn't allow you to do this. I don't think this this issue could ever be resolved through quote unquote dialogue. But if there's ever going to be any kind of like actual conversation, 
between the two sides, the, the, the ones who are pushing this thing have to drop the idea that the Orthodox people are driven by bigotry. Until they drop it, they're not going to, first of all, they're not going to be able to understand the position that we're taking. They're going to completely misunderstand it and they're going to argue against something we're not saying. And that never is effective. You, you're going to. Well, <laughs> go on. So you're not going to persuade anyone that way. And I don't think you should persuade anyone, but, but you're never going to persuade somebody if, you're, if, you're, if your argument is, uh, why are you a bigot? <laughs> or, or, or gays are sad because of your doctrine, so why aren't you changing your doctrine? That's, that's not going <laughs> to. Why you not change doctrine? You know, yeah, yeah. that's not going to make anybody change their mind. Okay, right? but here's, the, here's why this is upsetting. The ACNA is sending seminarians to seminary who think that. Yeah. Who go in and think that they are being homophobic yeah. or prejudiced and are having their, quote, suspicions weakened. So people are going to seminary from the ACNA who don't understand the theological position of the founding of this church. And the constitutional and position. And the constitutional position. And the position that's been encoded in the Kigali commitment, which our Archbishop affixed his signature to. And the the Jerusalem Declaration. Like, so, so there's every the, single document. Right. That's why, look, I don't, whatever you want to do as a young person to go to seminary, that's, that's great. But if you're going to be in the ACNA, um, this is why I feel like we are defeated. If bishops in the ACNA are sending people to seminary who don't understand the conviction of the church, yeah. then I don't understand what we're doing here. That's what the new, this is why the statement was so good, why the commitment, the Kigali commitment was so good. The best, I think one of the best things that came out of it is, is this, the moving forward from the position of, yes, this is an essential issue that requ requires us to break from um, from the Episcopal Church and from the English Church and from the Irish, or the Scottish, Scottish Church, to, and also, not only that, but we can't walk together and not only are we breaking institutional fellowship, we just can't. They're so, it's like oil and water. They do not, these two things are so antithetical to one another, they don't mix. So what that means then, since we as, an, as, as a church signed on to this thing, there has to be some kind of rethinking. There has to be some kind of repentance, some pulling back on the part of um, bishops who send their seminarians there. Uh, rector, like, like right, like there's an there's a, a infamous rector right now. On, I don't know if it's infamous or not, he's not that big a deal, but... Uh, Sean Tiras, I think his name is. He's a rector down in San, San Antonio or Austin. Um, but yeah, he's he's a graduate from Duke. He read the same article we're talking about and said, this is the gospel. These two people are embracing the gospel. So in his mind, in his he's a rector in the ACNA. And I'm not, you know, everyone could probably guess the diocese, C4SO. So. Um, he's a rector in the ACNA. And he says, it's... A picture of the gospel. It's an embodiment of the gospel for people who are leading seminarians who are, who are going to lead people away from Jesus and into hell to be in ministry fellowship with ACNA seminarians. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ embodied. That's what he says. 
and it's just and he should be defrocked. He's a he's a heretic, and 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 what he's saying is directly against what all the primates of our <laughs> who have rescued us and who have uh, you know, shepherded the the beginning of our province have repudiated. Yeah, I mean, if you if this is going to be how it goes, then we're not going to be accepted into GAFCON. Right, I wouldn't accept us into GAFCON right. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Oh, yeah, so, okay. okay. Both, okay. That was, that was the first paragraph, so we should... Oh, okay. dear. <laughs> um, you shouldn't read every single line. Yeah, so... Um, let's see, okay. This is just information about the different seminaries. Um, Neshoda, this is, this is probably one of the, one of the core of the problems. But one of the one of the key reasons why this is a problem. Neshoda, one of the nine seminaries recognized by the Episcopal Church. There we go. That's a problem. Has thirty eight residential end of students. Half of them are from TAC, close to a third from the ACMA, and uh, the remainder are from the Anglo from other Anglican or non Anglican affiliations. So thirty eight. And Neshoda. Yeah, Neshoda. And half are from TEC, and only a third are from. The ACNA. That's a problem, right? So I, it, I mean, I understand why Anglo-Catholic dioceses might have a kind of a tradition of sending their uh, sending their seminarians to Neshota House because it's liturgically and uh, it's a it's more affiliate, it's more close to what they're looking for as far as training goes. Um, but I think that you should rethink this because of what's happening when your seminarians go. Um, to these places. Um, okay, so leaders of both programs tell similar stories about camaraderie in that student body. Quote, uh, because we get to know one another and the stories that we've lived so far, there's quite a bit of mutual support and understanding and empathy, said Dr. Garwood Anderson, president and dean in the Shota House. So this is the dean. So uh, some, uh, we, we posted this article on several places in Facebook and, and you wrote about it uh, and people have kind of pushed back a little bit and saying, well, these are just, you're just quoting some students and no, the, the, the intent of the dean is to produce students who do not see the question of sexuality as an essential issue. That's the purpose. He's stating that right here. We get to know each other, and the stories that we've lived so far, there's quite a bit of mutual support and understanding and empathy. I just also, like, it's it's not reasonable to say that people who think that this issue of sexuality is an essential issue are unable to empathize with people who don't think it's an essential issue. So there's a human question. You're you're meant to love your neighbor and your enemy. So your ideological enemy, like Jesus says very clearly how you are to love your enemy. And you you don't you're not meant to have feelings of hatred for your enemy necessarily. Uh, but but a person who denies the gospel and purports to be a Christian teacher, how you are uh, have how you behave toward that person is very clear it's as clear in the scripture as what the scripture says about homosexuality you, you can, yeah, you can. so you you are you shouldn't 
um, be awful to that person. You should call that person to repentance in, and um, you should be kind and human to that person, but you aren't allowed to eat meals with that person. Or recognize that person as a Christian. Or recognize that person as a Christian. So, so there's a lot of visible signs right. uh, that, that help people inside the church understand who's a Christian, who's in the visible body of Christ, and who isn't. So the, the, this, like, I don't know, just the very, that the dean of the seminary would be confused about this. Yeah, he shouldn't be. Is dean. astonishing. He shouldn't be. Dean. And the and and the you know you can have more fellowship with a Muslim imam or a Jewish rabbi because the lines are clear, right? The, the Jewish rabbi isn't saying, "I don't think that Jesus is the Messiah," and I'm a Christian. He's, right. He's, he's saying, saying, "I'm, I'm not a Jew. A I don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I'm a Jew. Uh, I'm a religious Jew." And so you can be friends with that person because you can and you can to go lunch. to lunch with that person because. There's no confusion about that person's profession. He's not leading people away. He, he, okay, so he's, yes, he's, he would lead people away from Jesus, but he's not disguising himself as a Jesus, quote-unquote, follower and then leading people away from Jesus is what happens. That's he's, what happens. Yeah. That's what happens with Fairy. He's, he's, he's wearing his allegiance on his sleeve, whereas those who say they're, they're Christians and yet uh, also promote the LGBTQ stuff they're not wearing their allegiance on their sleeve. Their allegiance is to hell, but they're putting Jesus on their sleeve. And so it's a, it's a lie. Um, all right. Should I go on? Mm-hmm. We're not going to make it all the way through. No, it's okay. It's, we have the next, the motivations to go through. So. Uh, if, you, if we don't get all the way through this, we'll finish it on the motivations, and so you can listen there um, if you like. So uh, there's a communal gathering space down the hall from my office where students congregate and it's not uncommon to hear either hearty laughter or thoughtful conversation, Ananias told TLC by email. It's often students from both TEC and ACNA across the theological spectrum, clearly enjoying each other's company. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's a human thing to do. Yeah. That's like, we're not asking you to be literally Hitler, but <laughs> okay, so, you know, you, if you ran across a, an Episcopalian, you could, you could, in, you could have a great joke together, yeah. maybe, but you cannot be in a Christian institution where you're both learning how to be clergy. Like, you can't yeah. do that. The most eloquent testimony comes from seminarians and alumni who have forged friendships despite fundamental disagreements, participating in what the Episcopal Church has come to call, quote, communion across difference. Wow, that sounds very familiar, doesn't that it? That sounds just like we're all still walking together, walking together and dabbing, holy conversation. Um, which is such a what's that called when you say something and it's you call something the opposite of what it is like reproductive health care yeah, is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's the a, killing of that whole speak what is it yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the Living Church interviewed eight current or former seminarians representing both churches at both schools here is some of their witness so I, I'd like to ask the Living Church if they're listening to this how they selected these people, first of all. And wouldn't it have been a better journalistic practice to pick some who thought this was a wrong, a bad idea? Or were there? Maybe there I weren't. I mean, like, I just think it's good that they did pick these people because we get no, to see what they said. I know, I agree with that, but I'm like, just saying... Super, it, they, they didn't mean... They clearly are us. crafting this article yeah. to present a story in a way that... 
fits their their narrative, right? Um, okay, so the rev the very reverend no we're lost. If you're not Anglican, very reverend doesn't mean you're like even more reverend than the other person. It just it just means you're probably a, you're a canon or you're a, a archdeacon or something like that. The very Reverend Noah Lawson graduated from Neshota way back in 2014, so has spent more time in the in a collar than others. Way back in 2014, it's a long time ago. I know. <laughs> like, I feel really old now. I know. It's like I, I can really like did yesterday. Um, it isn't that. No, it's not that like, long ago. Way back. <laughs> it's not that okay, long ago. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, more like what are you, Gen Z? Yeah, yeah. Um, he is dean of the Anglican Diocese of San Joaquin's Emanuel Cathedral in Fresno, California. Um, I take an annual retreat with three other guides from the Shota House, two of which are Episcopal priests, and one of which is a priest in the Roman Catholic ordinary, he said. The four friends made that commitment when they graduated for the purpose of, quote, for the purpose of encouragement and accountability for the building up of one another's faith. Three of the four of us are fairly conservative. One is probably more progressive, Lawson said. So that's probably the mildest of the eight interviews. But still, um, the the assumption in all of these is going to be that the person who is who is in ministry and leading people into homosexual sin is a fellow Christian minister. That's going to be the, the, the overarching assumption. Okay, Reverend, Ju Reverend Julie Hendricks, Neshota class of 2021 and rector of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in uh, Wapaka, Wisconsin, says she meets by Zoom every week with a former classmate in the ACNA. Why? Quote, because we're friends, she, sa she said simply. We talk about the struggles that we have, and it's like any ecumenical group getting together. I'm sorry, but all ministers have the same issues. We all have parishioners. We all have buildings that go kerfluey in the middle of the Holy Week. We are all dealing with church politics in our own churches in different ways. That's not one of our children barking today. <laughs> right, and that, they're not our fur babies. We don't have fur babies. <laughs> well, they, are, they are babies. That dog ate an entire pan of baby. It was on the counter during church. Yeah. So he's like more than extraordinarily fat today. <laughs> Her friend is the Reverend Jonathan Moeller, curate of St. Vincent's Cathedral, ACNA, in Bedford, Texas. Julie and I have a very, a very, very deep, significant theological difference, but we've learned to love one another and be good friends in spite of that. Okay, so the, again, this is more I, I don't think you should have to, like, learn to love other people. Like, of course. What, what were you... Like when you meet other people, are you especially difficult to get along with? Yeah. Like, why do you have to learn to talk, be with other people? So that the friendship I don't like is not the problem. It's the it's the assumption that these are the, that you're, we're we're sharing in a Christian friendship. This is a that's our two kettles. So um, we should run and turn it off really fast. That's the tea kettle. Yeah, so we've like had a train. the dog. We've had the tea kettle. Welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. Um, some people think it's a train, but I think it sounds like a boat whistle. Okay. So uh, the, uh, the one line that I thought we should we should say something about is is um, Julie Hendricks says this is like any ecumenical group getting together. Uh, no, it's not. No, I mean it's 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 
you, right, because if you if you run a soup kitchen with a imam, people aren't confused. Right. About that. But well, that's an interfaith group. Ecumenical right. is, is, is two Christian groups, right? Right. So this is not an ecumenical group. This is a this is an interfaith group. Right. Masquerading as a. But, but even like an interfaith group where the two faiths are radically different from each other. Right. I mean, I wouldn't run a soup kitchen with an imam. Well, this is why we can't. I mean, this is probably why we can't do a soup kitchen with Mormons, right? Because we, right. we, you might. I don't. I don't know that you should do a soup kitchen with Mormons with Muslims either. But especially now with Mormons, because they claim they claim to be Christians, right? So you 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 can't affirm that claim in any way. You've got to differentiate yourself from this. So this is the same the, the same thing. Yeah. Essentially. Except there are more Mormons than Christians. Yeah. Um, all right, so now here's one of the one of the ones that are more egregious, right? Um, I believe that the Bible is saying that marriage is between a man and a woman, and sexual intimacy is intended for marriage. So that's where I stand, said Hannah Howland, a third-year ACNA student at Duke. And yet, quote, one of my closest friends is a man married to a man. And I look forward to seeing his ministry unfold. He is a dear brother in Christ. And we pray together. He's not a dear brother in Christ. He's a heretic. He's serving hell. And I'm not sure who he's praying to, but it's not to Jesus. And you are completely deceived. This is a, this is a, this woman is deluded. Um, and it's a very sad thing to see. Um, she, if she really loved her friend, she would say to her friend, you need to repent. And, and you can't, and, you shouldn't have any ministry. Yeah, yeah, you she, should, uh, she you hates her friend. Yeah, she's acting in utter hatred towards her dear friend. And that is a great defeat yeah. to the ACNA. That is a great defeat. I don't know what, I mean, I, I can guess, but I don't know what diocese this woman is from. Uh, but, you know, even setting setting aside the question of women's ordination, I mean, this, this woman should not be ordained. If this woman were a man, <laughs> this would be disqualifying for her ordination or his ordination because of this. Um, and, and it's, again, direct defiance against our own archbishop and the Kigali commitment. Um, and the Jerusalem Declaration. And the Jerusalem, yeah, yeah. So this was... And the formularies and the Bible. Right. And this is this is written on May 11th, 2023. So I'm not sure when the interviews were taken, but... Uh, I mean, I guess we can assume they were before or after the Kigali commitment. So these are people who are, who are, I'm sure they've read it, but who reject it. I wouldn't be sure that they've read it. Or seminary. I mean, I didn't read, no, but I, like, okay. I didn't read very many statements when they came out. Every, I did, I read every single. I know, but that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> so we could, so, if. You, especially if you're in seminary and you're fine. I read it. Not you in seminary, you totally read them. That's no. right. No, you're like busy. the AMIA debate came out when we were in seminary. Remember? Yeah, like, but I didn't read any of that stuff. You didn't read any of that? No. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. There's different mm. kinds of people in seminary. So it's possible that many of these people mm. in these interviews, and I would have said that they probably interviewed them a long time before this. Maybe it's possible. Like they even no idea how long this article was in the writing, and so. Um, okay, you know what I would do is if I were one of these seminarians. And I was, and I had been corrected by my ecclesiastical superiors. I would write to the Living Church and say, "I made a, a grave error 
of judgment and of theology. Please take my name. Please remove my name from this article and and take and away. Publish a retraction. And, uh, or if you, and if you will not, then I'll be writing something to differentiate myself from my former views. Right, because so. I really do want to be a faithful priest in Christ Church, and so I'm really sorry. I didn't know. I didn't understand what was at stake, and I hadn't read the Bible very carefully before I went to Duke theological situation. And so, Duke theological situation is that the name of the school? That's what I'm calling it. The Duke theological situation, <laughs> DTS. DTS. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, so I was I was privileged. This also is just unbelievable. I was privileged to preach at the ordination to the priesthood of a friend of mine in the Episcopal Church," said the Reverend Micah Hogan an ACNA priest who is pursuing a doctorate in historical theology at Marquette University. To me, it was quite significant that both of our bishops agreed. Who is his bishop? Yeah. We are we are already defeated. I mean, hopefully his bishop... Is our is that bishop going to Did his bishop apologize? say, I'll give you permission to preach there as long as you... You tell them you about You bring Jesus? up the subject of, of the grave error of their sexual heresy... And you call them to repentance and preach the gospel and tell them to um, to come back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, by, by all means, preach at the ordination. To me, it was quite significant that both of our bishops agreed and that he was kind enough to invite me. And I'll be the best man at his wedding. And I was just at the weddings of two other Episcopal classmates of mine. What kind of wedding? I wonder, is it? I'm hoping it's a, a regular wedding, but I don't know. Um, Hogan preached at the ordination of Reverend of the Reverend Dante England, a classmate in the Neshota class of 2022. Anglin is now priest of charge St. Barnabas's Barnabas Episcopal Church in Havana, Illinois. He describes himself as a conservative Episcop conservative Episcopalian. Okay, that's fine, and said that he may have made that may have made it easier to form a friendship across the aisle. Um, okay, well maybe this guy is not as, as I can see that being something that's more acceptable, and I can see a bishop saying. Okay, if he's conservative and he's orthodox in his views, then we can preach his ordination. Um, however, if I were the guy's bishop, I'd still say, be sure to bring up the issue. I don't know. I just don't think that. I don't think that. Yeah, that's one of that's a sign of the the fabric of our community has been torn, and it cannot be repaired without repentance. Oh wait, okay. Just to quote the Kigali yeah. commitment. So even if an or, quote orthodox person is in tech. And invites you, an Orthodox ACNA person, to preach at your ordination. Because of the torn fabric of our communion, because we are not in communion with each other, you can't do that. Right. Even yep. if your private convictions, even if your private yep. convictions say one thing, again, it's not about your private convictions. It's about the visible gospel that has been destroyed mm -hmm. by tech and so I'm, I'm gonna right now take it back everything i just said not just because you're right about that but also because of what he says next okay. this anglin guy anglin anglican um, dante anglin who's the episcopal church person who the acna person preaches at his ordination says this i'm friends with liberal episcopalians who i vehemently disagree with anglin and said but I think you're a good Christian who feels led this way. And I can't see you as the devil. I can't see you as a heretic. I can't see you as the enemy. 
Okay, you can't see we're not them. asking you to regard other people as the devil again. Well, but but you're in the led by the devil. The, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you do not need to demonize other people. That's it. That's not how this works. To yeah, to to draw the clear required line that's laid out in the scripture about sexuality. Um, oh, I'm going to keep reading. Okay, I'm going to skip some of this because it's really long. Um, this part was really... Don't skip a lot of it. Okay. I thought we should do half of it. So we'll hope... Can I skip down yeah. to Hope? Hope Anderson is a first-year tech student at Duke. I've never met a student in my program who would say... The thing I'm looking forward to most in the three short, precious years I have in seminary is fighting about one critical social issue. She said, this is not the hill anybody wants to die on. That, That's, and that was the quote you took for your title of your article. Well, I put, I put that in Twitter. Okay. No, I'm saying, no, I called it, we are already defeated. Oh, okay. That's right. If you're not willing to die on a hill, any hill, then you're defeated necessarily. Like... The whole point of um, dying on hills is to gain those hills. And if you're not willing to do that for the gospel, then I don't know what you're doing because there are things that are, again, that are not the gospel in the world. And this particular hill is one of the clearest. Not gospels. Not gospels. (laughs) So if you weren't willing to die on the Trinitarian hill or the... I don't know. There's a lot of hills you could die on you that die you're on. not asked to die on, though. Nobody's saying in the I think tech, you should die on the Trinitarian. No, I'm no, just no, saying, no. like, right now, oh. people aren't saying, hey, you need to defend the Trinity or I'm going to kill you. Right. No one's saying that. Okay. Yeah. So you don't need to die on that hill because nobody's trying to kill you on that hill. They're trying to kill you on the sexuality hill. But they're hill. trying to kill you on the sexuality hill. And if you're not willing to die on that particular hill, then you are defeated. There's no point to you going into the pulpit or being a minister today or whatever it is that you think you're going to do. Christ is asking you to die to yourself, and this is one of those big hills of the moment. It's not just one critical social issue. Like, it's the only social issue right now. But it's a gospel issue. So, why wouldn't you go die on that hill? Why aren't bishops being willing to die on this hill? Well, I mean, I, again, I, I would desperately want to know which bishops are seeing this in their ends to this play, these places and and how they're, if they if they know what, what's happening, what, if they know the what they're getting back from their investment, I mean, I would say again, he says that no bishop should ever see this scenario again. But I mean, did they know this before? Did they? Did they? Do, did they have open eyes when they sent the seminarians to them in the first place? Like I don't know. Well, so this has gone on a long time. Oh, almost fifty minutes. So we're going to we're going to stop here and we'll continue visiting this article 
on demotivation. on demotivations. And if you have listened to the demotivations in the past and dis been disappointed because of the audio quality, we're not sure exactly what happened, but we were using the demo the uh, Substack sub audio recording function, and that seems to be what's the problem. So we're not going to use that. We're going to use a different recording. We're going to use the same thing we're using now. And so that should keep the audio quality roughly the same. Roughly the same. So, which is sterling as always. I mean, our, our audio quality is like the, the best. Amazing. Yeah. It's one of our things. We have banter, which we probably skipped today. <laughs> Doing it always at the same time every time, which we also skipped today. And the audio quality. Right. So. Which is here. And the fourth thing is the passion reading, which we haven't done in a long time. No. We're not going to do it now either. So, well, I just want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day, regardless of your status, uh, whether maybe you have a motherly spirit. But not actually. A and so, spirit. in which case, happy Mother's this, Day. You, you, we gave flowers to people who, today, and you were, you didn't understand the concept. That's what I did of too. mothers? I said everyone who's a female should have a flower, and you got I said, no, because I, when there's a lot of young girls, I have to cut it off somewhere. So it can be, can't be all females. Sometimes it can be, because if there's a lot of actual mothers there, then you can't give all the teenage girls and little girls flowers. But to, I, it did get totally out of control. Like everybody took many flowers today. This is great because everybody I self-identified as a mother today. So we got just got through that time. I don't know when we're going to be podcasting the next time. We will post probably next Monday, but the next weekend is going to be really busy. The Senate is coming up, and then it's just going to be really busy. And so we will tape something, but I don't know when in the week and what that sound quality will be like. But thank you so much for listening, and we will definitely probably be back next week. Follow us over to Demotivations if you'd like to.